Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Today is part two of a two-part series that Jeremy is kind of discussing insurance in a, in a broad topic. The first podcast, if you have not heard it, please go back and listen to it. He talked about life insurance and long-term care, and those are very, very important topics, obviously. And today we're going to be covering a few different things. So Jeremy, how are you this morning? Doing well, Eric. How are you doing? Fantastic. It's it's still cold. Just giving everybody a weather update. It's still cold. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. I was but, lucky uh, enough to be down in Texas a week ago. Oh, and uh, it was 77 degrees, which made us up here in Wisconsin feel a little jealous. The folks that are yeah. still up here. No kidding. That's that's some shorts and t-shirt weather. That'd be nice to be. Oh, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where about in Texas? San Antonio. So oh, that's where all my wife's uh, family is. Yeah, armadillos and oh my goodness, are they a military? No, they're just all of her family's always been there. That my okay. father-in-law served and my brother-in-law served, but they weren't stationed in San Antonio. Gotcha. I'm an army brat, so I know that uh, San Antonio is a big place for the military. Yeah. But I didn't realize how many folks actually work downtown. I'm walking around downtown, a lot of folks in their, uh, their military uniforms. It was kind of nice to see, uh, you know, the interaction with the civilians, the, right. the, the regular folks that are out there. So yeah, great to nice. see. Nice, nice. Well, that's always good. All right. Mm-hmm. So we talked about life insurance and long-term care on the first podcast. What are we covering today in part two? Yeah, today we're talking about disability and health insurance. If you take a look at the different types of insurances that are out there, a lot of them are related to kind of your personal situation. So life insurance, long-term care, disability, health insurance, that has a lot to do with you and what's going on with you personally. Then there's other types of insurances. They call it property and casualty. That's like your stuff, your car, your home, You know, if you have expensive jewelry or different things like that. That's something that I tell you what, I'm not an expert on that. So we'll have to find someone to come on in and give us an update on that. But if we think through of insurances covering you as a person or your stuff, we're we're dealing with the last topic. And this one here is just the the insurances that help you out when something goes not according to plan uh, with Mm -hmm. you. All right. All right. So, and and what do we, where do we start with this? Well, uh, a lot of people think on the life insurance, that's kind of the easy one because it's what binary. That's a big word, right? You're either dead or you're not. Or you're either alive or you're not. (laughs) But there's another insurance that's related to, well, what if you're sick or hurt, uh, injured somehow? That's called disability. If Mm -hmm. you just don't have the ability to work in the way that you were before, that's where disability insurance comes in. And I think because it is a little gray, people think of it less often. Also, too, when we talk to folks about it, they say, well, I got that at work. Well, you got what at work, right? What kind of disability? Just because... uh, you saw in your benefit statement, the, the box check that said disability doesn't mean you might be covered the way that you think you are covered. Mm. So that's a, a good takeaway is when you have disability insurance through work, you need to figure out what you have at work. Yeah. And we'll just talk about a few different kind of buzzwords with that. All right. And, and it's funny that you said that you said you're either dead or alive, but yeah. there's really only one type of dead and that's dead, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But there's a couple different types of alive. And uh, I know that we're right. covering yeah. part of that today. You're alive, but mm-hmm. you're injured, or you're alive, yeah. but maybe you're comatose, right? You're, you're yeah. uh, incapacitated. So you're still alive, just in a different form. Yeah, when it comes to disability, somehow you don't have the ability to fully work the way you did before. Mm-hmm. So if you want an income coming in to help you out or your family out, the disability insurance is what comes in and, and helps out with that. And again, a lot of people think, well, I got that at work, 
well, what do you have at work? Uh, do you have short-term disability, which typically covers you up to about six months or so? Or do you have long-term disability, which might cover you for years or even all the way to retirement? And if we're just going to make some broad generalizations, typically a, a company that provides you this disability insurance, if your work says, we got you covered with disability, typically that short-term might be like maybe two-thirds of your income that mm. covers you for the short-term. And then if they have long-term, typically that might cover like half your salary. Now the big question is, is half of your salary enough for you? Right, Most people are having trouble yeah. living on their full salary. Seriously. Uh, can, you, can you make life happen with half your salary? Even if you do have you covered at work, you might want to look at and supplement what you have through work uh, with getting out your own personal insurance, your own personal disability insurance. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great point because I don't know any one of my close friends or relatives that could survive for long. I mean, truly, mm-hmm. I mean, live, I guess is what we could say on half of their salary. I know I couldn't, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. Yeah. So it'd, it'd be tough for just about everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, with an, even with an emergency fund, you can supplement with your emergency fund, but again, that's your emergency fund. That's, that's going to be mm-hmm. dwindling very quickly. And, and it's just not good, if, especially if you have something that's, you know, a long-term situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, your emergency fund. And it's nice that they oftentimes cover you with a little bit more payouts in the shorter term. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have troubles with your, your bills for a month or two, you can recover from that. Uh, if you can't work for the rest of your life, you can't recover from that. Like that's, that's tough to come back from. And that's why it's so important. Even if you got coverage at work, find out what you have for long-term and is it going to cover enough for you? And we're going to talk about two other differences. Uh, the first one is that if the company is providing you the disability insurance, you're not paying for it. That means when you get that money, if you get disabled and get the money, you never pay taxes on that before. So you still have to pay taxes. So not only are you oh, sick or hurt wow. and you're only getting half of what you were getting before, but you still have to pay taxes on that half amount that's coming out to you. So hmm. sometimes when you're looking at it, getting your own coverage is a way to make sure you get some additional dollars. When you are taking your own money, whatever it costs, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, $300 a month, whatever it is, uh, you've already paid taxes on it. Like it's shown up in your pocket. You've already paid taxes on it. So when you get that disability insurance and it comes back to you because you bought it on your own, that's actually tax-free. The government doesn't tax you on that amount because you're just recovering what you've already already lost. Gotcha. Because okay. you paid for it yourself, that shows up as tax-free. So another reason to look at your own coverage is just the difference between the taxable amount coming from the company insurance versus your own insurance. Yeah, and, and um, let's face it, the IRS does not care or do they even look at the fact that you may be a single person, you're receiving this disability check, they they really don't care. You are a single person receiving money, they want some. So Yeah, if you made the income that needs to be reported, you got to show it up on there, they run it through the tax charts and you, you pay taxes on it. Yeah. But if you wow. have your own disability, that, that should be coming out to you tax-free. And that'll be a big help, right? If you can't work on your own to get some income that's tax-free is a big help. Another big difference when it comes to the work-provided disability, it's a little technical here, but they talk about something uh, related to your own occupation versus a regular occupation. Own occupation says, well, if you're a, a nuclear scientist and somehow you get sick or injured in a way that you can no longer be a nuclear scientist anymore, well, then 
you've got a disability. You, you, you're getting the coverage there because if you can't do that specific job, you need some help with your, your bills. Mm-hmm. Regular occupation, uh, occupation, so regular occupation says, well, if you can do any job, then you need to do that job, right? So if we'll keep going with that, that super smart nuclear scientist, right? If you can uh, no longer be a nuclear scientist, but you can become a, a teacher, you know, somehow if there's a difference there, and teachers are great, but I got a feeling you might get paid more as a nuclear scientist uh, than you would as a, as a, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, regular occupation says, hey, you can work and do something, so uh, you, you're not covered. The own occupation wow. says, if you can't do your own thing, then you're covered. And oftentimes through work, it's that, that's that second one, regular occupation. They're saying, we'll cover you as long as you can do something. And when you buy it on your own, uh, it usually comes with that ability of, if I can't do the thing I was doing before I got hurt, um, then you're covered. So it's better coverage or more expansive coverage when you buy the insurance on your own. Mm, wow. Yeah, that's that's something to think about. I, mean, I can't imagine being in that situation and going from that that kind of pay down mm-hmm. to well, you can do this, so you're fine, so we're not going to cover it. Man, that is that, what a hit that would be. Yeah, and, and when do you find this out? After you've got hurt, after you've got sick, whatever the situation was, and you're making your claims, and then you read the policy, right? So it's well worth it uh, if you have insurance at work. Figure out is it short or long term? How much does it cover? Is it covering just any old job or is it covering your specific job? Those are the things to look into. And same thing, if you're buying it on your own, those are the things to look into. And it's not a one and done deal. It's not the choice of either I have company or I have my own. Oftentimes, if you have company insurance for disability, you can supplement, you can add on and kind of make up that difference of, you know, this covered me, but not as much as I wanted. So I'll buy my own disability insurance to get to where I have enough so I, where I feel comfortable with the amount of insurance I have. Yeah. And, and any document like that, that's coming from your employer, they've had an attorney write it. Uh, I, I would yeah, assume that's at, for sure. at least, are you able to, if, if folks have questions about this and we always kind of do this at the end of the podcast, but if folks have questions about this and they want to bring you their, what, you know, what they've received from their HR department or, mm-hmm. or whatever from work, can you help them go through it and, and read the mumbo jumbo language that's that's probably yeah in that's there. exactly it it's uh yeah. i think uh, half of our job sometimes is interpreting for folks yeah. right? we're not interpreting another language although it kind of is and when you're reading through these contracts it feels like another language mm-hmm. uh, so yeah absolutely we we look at these benefits all the time help you understand what you have right. help you understand is it covering the full amount that you want covered and if there's a gap how do you go out and get that difference and real quick before we move on to the next topic wanted to bring up three words that are very important or three phrases that are very important when you are out there uh, buying your own disability insurance. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, I got a feeling long-term care insurance stole these words from disability insurance. They're the same phrases, but the phrases are elimination period. The insurance might not cover you for a certain amount of time. That's like mm-hmm. a deductible, but it's a deductible of time. You know, If your elimination period is one month or six months, the insurance will kick in after that. Then there's mm-hmm. the benefit amount, right? How much are they going to pay you? Is it a thousand bucks a month? Ten thousand bucks a month? That's your benefit amount. And then there's the benefit period. And again, if it's more of a short-term situation, it might be six months. If you buy it on your own, it might even be one or two years that you decide to have for short-term coverage. But if it's long-term, oftentimes it's ten years, or even a lot of times it says we'll cover you all the way up until you hit your full retirement age. 
which for a lot of younger folks is the 67 age. People that are out there buying disability insurance, you might get covered then if that's what you choose, all the way to 67. So kind of cover you through retirement, then your own retirement savings, Social Security helps you out after that. So three phrases to keep in mind. Gotcha, definitely. Yeah, so let's talk about health insurance. Hopefully right. you have health insurance. That's a big debate in our country, right? Uh, how many mm-hmm. people have health insurance? How do you help the folks that don't? Uh, but a lot of people we're talking to have health insurance through their company as they're working, but then at some point in time that probably changes, right? Before you're 65, you get your insurance through work, or if you left your job, you've got something called COBRA. Uh, that's a way to continue on your coverage for up to 18 months. Uh, or the Affordable Care Act. And what's so interesting about this Affordable Care Act that came out a few years ago, depending on the political spectrum, you might call that Obamacare, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. the idea Affordable Care Act is a way to help these folks that didn't have access to insurance through work or through COBRA. And what's so interesting about the Affordable Care Act is the government comes in and help subsidize certain people to help you pay for those costs. Because it can be expensive, right? Yeah. If you're 60 years old, you're not working, you can't get health insurance that way, you're not yet 65, you can't get on Medicare yet, we'll talk about Medicare in a second, uh, where are you gonna get the insurance from and what's the cost? It could easily be a thousand bucks a month per person mm-hmm. and that's where the subsidy comes in for a lot of people. So let's talk about that subsidy. It's so interesting, I just use the word subsidy, it's actually not. Right. Oh, okay. The government's not actually subsidizing your your health insurance. They call it a pre-refundable tax credit. How do you like that for a big phrase? Pre-refundable tax credit. That's a little pre-refundable tax credit. Basically, <laughs> what they're doing is they're saying, well, if it costs a thousand bucks a month, we're going to help you on your taxes later on. To let's say it's nine hundred bucks a month, and we're just going to pre-refund that tax credit. Right? If it's January, February, March, you know, the whole months of the year, they're just going to help pay that towards your health insurance costs. But at the end of the year, you do your taxes. If it gets to the point where you didn't earn that subsidy, didn't earn that a dollar amount because you made too much money, guess what? You got to pay it back. And right now, here we are in 2020, and it changes. It's based on your zip code and all kinds of different things. But roughly right now, if your income is less than $65,000, you will get some of that subsidy. If it's above $65,000, you won't get that subsidy. So it's just so interesting where, you know, maybe uh, it's December, you're thinking, oh, I need to take out four or five grand from my IRA to help pay my property taxes. I want to prepay that uh, vacation we're taking next year. And then you do your taxes. And guess what? You made 69000 instead of 64000 You might have just lost that subsidy. You might be paying back because it's a pre-refundable. And if you don't get the tax credit, you got to pay it back. You might get quite the surprise in April that uh, all of a sudden, a thousand bucks a month times two of you, you might owe twenty, twenty-four thousand dollars back to the government. So we don't want people to hit that surprise. Wow, that's terrible. And you, you got to know about it. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, th- that's the way they had to do it to figure out all the different tax laws. But make sure you understand this is this is not a subsidy. It's not guaranteed to hit your situation until you do your tax forms. And there's a tax form you fill out. Uh, when you're on Affordable Care Act, and they figure this out. What was your income? How much did the government prepay you uh, in the prior year? And do you have to pay it back? So that's that's something you got to be so careful of when you are looking at your retirement income and deciding, do I take money from this bucket or that bucket? Mm-hmm. It's your taxes that you're usually thinking about. 
And if you're not yet 65, if you're on Affordable Care Act, you better be talking to a good tax planner, someone that understands how this whole Affordable Care Act and the subsidies work to understand if I take money out from these different areas, is that going to just kick out the subsidy? Am I going to have to pay back that whole tax credit? And it could be twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000. It is horrible to get as a surprise. Uh, yeah. So we want you yeah. to avoid that. Know this yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, wow. I, I had no idea about that. And that's, that's scary. I mean, how would somebody even survive that at that moment? All of a sudden yeah. they owe $22,000, $24,000 yeah. uh, that they just didn't even expect. That's, that's yeah. ridiculous. It's a big deal. It's, it's unfortunate that it gets so complicated. It just proves how important it is to work with a, a financial planner, a tax planner that knows all these different areas. They can maybe help you rearrange your income so that you qualify for the subsidy. Mm-hmm. They can uh, help you maybe avoid those mistakes towards the end of the year. Of, well, I just took out five grand to, to do this or 10 grand to, to do that. Yeah, now you owe 25 grand back because you have to prepay or repay what they prepaid you. <laughs> right? They, they, uh, it's, it's, it's tough and we don't want you to hit that surprise, but that's why we like to say your 65th birthday will be the best birthday of your life because (laughs) you get on the Medicare. You don't have to worry about company insurance plans. You don't have to worry about this affordable care act subsidy anymore. It's, it's kind of nice to be on Medicare, right? Right. You know, you can talk about the political stuff in a different, that's another podcast. That's not us. Yeah. That's Um, somebody else's podcast, but you will love it. When you turn 65, get on Medicare. So let's just talk about what, how Medicare works. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to Medicare. Basically, Medicare will pay 80% of whatever they cover. And they cover just about everything. I mean, they cover a lot of stuff. They don't cover your, your eye doctor. They don't cover your dentist. We'll talk about that later on. But, uh, mm-hmm. but you go to the doctor, you go to the hospital, you get a medical bill. Just roughly speaking, they're covering 80%. And then you're on the hook for the rest, mm. which is the whole reason people usually sign up for something else called Medicare Supplement, saying, well, I don't want to pay the full 20%. What if I have a big $10,000 bill? Where am I going to come up with that, that two grand? Well, if you have the Medicare Supplement or something called Medicare Advantage and you're paying uh, that ongoing premium for that extra coverage, well, then the, um, the uh, insurance company pays that for it. Gotcha. And when it comes to Medicare, you hear all these letters Right, you've maybe heard of Medicare Part A. Oh yeah, Medicare Part B, Medicare Part D. Right, mm-hmm. what what does that even mean? Well, when it comes to Medicare, this this A, that's covering when you go to the hospital, and that's actually free. You don't have to pay for Medicare Part A, well, because you don't go to the hospital that often, right? Uh, but then there's Medicare Part B. That's what covers when you go to the doctor. That's kind of covering all the stuff you you're used to, because most of the time. You're not going to the hospital. So the stuff we're getting tests because the doctor suggested it or you go to the doctor and they've got their own uh, bills for you. That's where Medicare Part B comes in and that actually has a cost. A lot of people don't realize it until they get there, but Part B does have a cost. Right now, 2020, uh, it's about $145 a month hmm. and that's per person. So 144 a month for you, 144 a month for your spouse. Yeah. And what's interesting, especially that first year or two of retirement, Sometimes you're getting um, payouts from your pensions or uh, employer stock plans, all kinds of things are maybe coming in. Your first year of retirement might be your highest income year ever. And guess what? If you make more money, then you actually have to pay more in your Medicare Part B premiums. Now that's a big surprise. A lot of people didn't 
yeah. realize going into age 65 that you have to pay for Medicare. But they're even more surprised when they get an inheritance or just something happens where their income is temporarily high and they have to pay more for Medicare. That's why it's so important when you're looking at your taxes, looking at your income, it's not even just a matter of, I need this money this month, I, I need to take money from here or there, and what's it going to cost me tax-wise? You actually have to, at that point in time, figure out, will this affect how much I'm paying in Medicare? Because it's a, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there's the other part. Uh, this is a new one about 20 years ago, right? The early 2000s, it came out with Part D, the drug coverage uh, part of it. So that costs about 15 to $75 a month. Just depends on which coverage you go for. And what's so interesting about Part D, uh, one thing we love about it is you can go right to the Medicare website, plug in the prescriptions you're using, and they'll just tell you right there what's the best plan for you. So they really? made it with a lot of times people kind of complain about the government and things like that. They got a great website. We can help you get that uh, website. Maybe we'll tell you what, let's put that in the show notes. We'll make yeah. a note. We'll get that in the show notes. If you're someone that uh, needs prescription drug coverage, Part D through Medicare, go right to the Medicare website, plug in your prescriptions, and they'll just tell you right there what's going to be the best coverage for you. Um, it's amazing. It's nice. Really nice. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a great advantage yeah. for anybody that it, they just need to do it, right? I mean, that's the, the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And once a year, you can change that. So if your prescriptions change or perhaps the uh, drug coverage itself that you sign up for, maybe that changes, right? The insurance company can change things around a little mm -hmm. bit year to year. Just worthwhile in the fall of each year, go to that website, plug in your prescriptions, and just find out what's going to be the best drug coverage for you the following year. So we talked just a little bit earlier, this idea of Medicare supplement, or there's another word called Medicare Advantage, where if Medicare is covering roughly 80%, who's taking care of the rest? And it's your insurance company through a program called Supplement or Advantage. We'll talk about supplement real quick here. Supplement's pretty easy. You go to the doctor, Medicare pays 80%, then supplement just comes in and pays the 20% of whatever it is you owed. So a lot of times people say, well, I've got to figure out which company gives me the best coverage. It's all basically the same, right? They're just paying 20% of whatever Medicare didn't pay. If Medicare covered it, paid 80%, that supplement comes in, pays the rest. So a lot of times uh, people are almost putting in too much work. They're trying to compare these different companies and say, well, which one has the best coverage? When it comes to supplement, they are virtually the same because they're, they're just covering that 20%. They're just saying, well, we'll pay that 20% of the bill that the Medicare didn't. You know, and all the companies are doing that. Gotcha. Now, there is a difference when it comes to something called advantage. And this is kind of like a philosophical decision you got to make going into to 65 and sign up for Medicare. Do you want the supplement that just basically covers everything within that 20%? Or do you want this idea of an advantage plan, which is kind of like something called an HMO, right? Advantage kind of takes over this, it's called HMO as far as health maintenance organization. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember back in the 90s, Oh, yeah. People were talking about HMOs, Hillary Care, all that kind of stuff. Medicare Advantage is, is kind of like that, where the Advantage company, the insurance company, might say, you got to go in-network. You got to pay extra if you go out of network. It's kind of like how a lot of current, uh, your work insurances might work. Mm -hmm. Supplement, you don't have to worry about that. Advantage, you do. But guess what? It's cheaper, right? Because they've given you these limited networks They've made it kind of local. A lot of these different networks are like the Milwaukee area network or the Madison area network, or you know maybe it's parts of Florida, those specific networks. Mm -hmm. So you know there's some efficiencies there because they know 
we're only dealing with a certain amount of adapters or systems, that's why it becomes cheaper, but it's also why it's more limiting. And sometimes, just depending on your situation, you might prefer the the cheaper part, or you might prefer, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to supplement. If Medicare covers it, I'm good to go. I don't have to worry about networks, local things, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, l- so let big, me ask you this. Big if, decision you got to make heading into age 65 is, do I want the supplement or the advantage? Go mm-hmm. ahead, sorry. No, that's okay. I was, I was going to ask, what if people are snowbirds, right? What if, what if they spend part of their year one location and then part of their year at another location? Is it possible to, or, or maybe they just want to travel for a month, right? Maybe they're mm-hmm. just, they've got an RV and that's kind of, my wife and I would like to have a big RV and be able to travel a little bit when, once we're retired. But yeah. what if they're going to, you know, travel for a month? Is it possible to then add something on just for that month? Or is this something where you have to sign up? You only have that window once a year to, to change things. Yeah, so that's what's interesting about it all is when it comes to Advantage, it's kind of like that Part D where you can change once a year in the fall for mm-hmm. the following year. When it comes to the supplement, technically you can change anytime you want, but the issue is Medicare insurance companies, the insurance uh, supplement companies, they don't have to take you on, right? So when you turn mm-hmm. 65 and you sign up for Medicare, the supplement companies are are forced to take you on. But later on, they can do something called underwriting, big fancy word to say, are you healthy or not? And usually they're very skeptical. And I think, why are you switching? Uh, and maybe it's you're switching because you want some better coverage and you usually only want better coverage if your health has changed mm-hmm. you know, for the worst. So it's it's pretty tough to change uh, Medicare supplements. And just a couple stories here for you quick, uh, just a, a general suggestion, right? This isn't blanket for everybody, but just kind of generally. And we're usually talking to Clients have a little bit more assets, right? They've got enough assets to call a financial advisor. But a lot of times we'll just suggest, hey, just sign up for Medicare supplement the first year. It's easy, right? You sign up for Medicare supplement the first year, figure out this whole new system and take the time then to research, am I better off in Medicare Advantage or Medicare supplement? And the reason we like to do that is because it's it's so much easier to go from supplement to Advantage than it is to go from Advantage back to supplement. Gotcha. If you sign up for Advantage and we're looking two years from now, you say, man, I wish I had that bigger coverage from supplement. That's probably because your health is a little different than it was before. And it might be tougher for you to actually go get that supplement. So we had a client I'm thinking of right now. He just really wanted Advantage. He, he figured it out. He said, hey, it's it's cheaper to go with Advantage. I don't have to worry about uh, paying more every month with the supplement. I said, can you just do me a favor? I know your situation. Just follow this su- suggestion. Right, just follow the suggestion of just sign up for a supplement the first year. You've never been on Medicare before, right? Let's just, you've had 45 years of company insurance. Let's take this first year, go with the one that's going to give you a little bit more coverage and then figure out which way you want to go. Well, 11 months later, he had some uh, health issues and he got some big bills in the mail that he didn't have to worry about because mm-hmm. Medicare took care of 80%. The supplement took care of the 20%. And guess what? If you had the health issue 11 months you know, down the road, and you're trying to figure out, uh, can I get the better coverage? It's probably too late, Yeah. right? You know, the insurance companies don't want to take sick people, right? Yeah. They, they want to take healthy people. And at that point in time, he was very, very great, grateful that he had started out with that suggestion. Start out with supplement, switch over to uh, Advantage um, if, if you wanted to. And in his case, he said, no, no, I had this health scare. I had a lot of big bills that were covered by the Medicare and the supplement. So he was very happy with that. Thinking of another couple too. And for this, these clients, 
they, they did follow that suggestion. They both signed up for supplement. And a year later, they said, well, you know what? We figured out how it worked for the husband, figured out how it works for the wife. And just with his health, with her great health, they thought, second year, we're keeping him in supplement forever. But for her, that's, you know, we didn't barely use it. And her health is looking pretty good going forward. So she made that choice to switch over to the Advantage. And it's pretty easy for her to go from the supplement to the Advantage. They were both grateful mm-hmm. that they signed up for the same thing, the supplement to begin with the first year. And they are grateful that they had that opportunity where she can just go on to the Advantage uh, the following year. And he could keep on with the supplement, which is interesting. A lot of people are used to this idea of family coverage through your company, right? You have, you have your family health plan. Mm-hmm. You get to Medicare. There's no more families anymore, right? It's uh, the husband, it's the wife. They each have separate Medicare cards. And the husband and the wife can each have separate uh, Medicare supplement uh, companies. Or one could have supplement, one could have advantage. You don't have to choose these all together. So it gives you a great flexibility that if one of you is, is healthier than the other, you might shift towards a certain type of insurance. If one of you it just works better with your prescriptions, maybe you've got one on a certain company for prescriptions and the other one, on a different company for prescriptions. So you're not tied to what's best for the family. It's really nice to get this flexibility that the two of you can go get different insurances just based on your own personal situation. Yeah, that's nice. That's great. Yeah. All right, we're, we're running out of time. What do we? What are some of the main points that people need to take away from this podcast? Yep, main point is uh, let's just look at disability. A lot of people feel like you're you're covered for work, right? I got it at work. Look into what do you really have mm-hmm. at work. Is it short-term, long-term? How much does it really cover? Does it cover the specific job you're doing right now? Or does it cover just any old job uh, that you can have? And when it comes to health insurance, keep in mind a couple of things. When you're below 65, if you're on the Affordable Care Act, it's not actually a subsidy. It's a pre-refundable tax credit, whatever the heck that means, right? Yeah. But uh, what it really means is you might do your taxes in March or April and find out, you got to pay that all back. So when you are on Affordable Care Act, be so careful with where you're taking money from. Uh, is it a taxable account? Is it your bank account? Work with an advisor that knows exactly how those systems work so that you don't get surprised with a big tax bill at the end. And then when it comes to Medicare, you've got this almost philosophical choice uh, of do you want supplement or do you want advantage? Do you want the higher costing system that covers you in more places? Or do you want the lower costing system that kind of limits you somewhat to local networks and things like that? And that's mm-hmm. a choice that you get to make that you and your spouse can make separately and different because you might have different uh, health situations. But overall, you got to figure out what is it that you need and go out and get that from someone you trust. It's a, it's a big deal, especially when it comes to these Medicare decisions. You might, with a supplement, sign up for the one company and be stuck with them the rest of your life. These are big decisions. Find someone that you trust and um, just be careful of anyone that has a solution that's looking for a problem, right? If someone comes in and it sounds like they only sell supplement, they only sell the um, advantage, they only sell a certain type of life insurance, you know, they, they might not be actually listening to your needs, helping you discover what it is that you have missing and helping you find that. Yeah. Yeah. If they're pushing you one way or another, there's probably a reason and it's more for them yeah. than for you. So right. um, great could, advice. Could, Jeremy, yeah. thank you so much for your time today. I will look forward to that next podcast. Again, if people have questions, how do they reach you? What's the best way? Yeah, give us a call, 
8353 or check us out online, kylefpkeilfp.com. All right, Jeremy, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And audience, thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And if you're of the age where you're thinking about these different things, uh, disability and, and also you know Medicare and all these different questions, you most likely have friends that have those same exact questions. So please share this podcast with them, have that discussion with them, and then reach out to Jeremy and his team uh, so that they can help you and your friends or your family member really navigate all the different letters that are attached to all these different plans and what's going to be best for you. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.